What's good, people? It's S. Foster, man, and I got a double feature for y'all today. I'm putting this on both of my platforms. This will be episode 45 on the 28 Minutes or Less and also episode 212 of the Stolen Time podcast. And today, I got a very special guest with me, man. I got the homeboy, Sergio Gillum, finally on the podcast with me, man. How you feeling? Everything good? Man, feeling good. Uh, probably gonna stop playing sports. So my body, you know, coming back to life. <laughs> so I'm feeling great, man. <laughs> That's what's up, man. I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. I'm doing good, man. You know what I'm saying? Just got off from work, man. You know, I still got to make that bread. But, you know, I'm always mm-hmm. putting in this content, man. You know, I've been in this podcast game, you know what I'm saying, going on uh, going on four years, man. You know, so right. – uh, yeah, glad man, to so be here, fun. man. I've been following it from afar, so definitely glad to be here and help you out with it, man. I know you've been putting in some work with that, so I'm glad to be a guest on it with you. Man, I appreciate you coming on, man. And, like, what I always do, I like to – because I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. Like, we have a we have a player that's uh from my high school that's actually in the NFL right now. You know what I'm saying? Troy Pride Jr., he played with the Carolina Panthers, but – I still would say, man, you the most famous person to come out of grill, man. Like people, <laughs> people don't understand like like who Sergio Gillum is. But like, I got a story about you when, like, my very first year playing football, I played for the Grill Jets. Right, I was mm-hmm. 11 years old, and we about <laughs> yeah. to play, we about to play the East Side Dolphins. East Side right? Dolphins, yep. <laughs> and I I'm like, remember. and <laughs> and and. I have no idea who you are. No idea who you are. And, like, everybody's like, yo, they got Sergio on their team. I'm like, who is Sergio? And, like, everybody know who you are, like, already. So, I'm like, so we go into the game, like, little kids. And if I remember correctly, like, we had – um, it, it got down to – we ended up winning that game. And I can't yeah. – and I remember, like, getting, like – it was a kickoff return or something. And I had like tackled you like before the goal line or something like that, and mm-hmm. we had ended up winning the game. But like that was like my first like interaction with not interaction, but because we didn't talk or anything like that. But it was just like even then, as like eleven year olds, man, you was already famous, man. Man, I remember exactly what you're talking about, and I appreciate it, man. It's just football was something I love, and that was just actually 
I want to say my second year with the Eastside Dolphins, and we came to Grill City Stadium, and I already knew the guys that was on your team, but really didn't hang out with everybody because, you know, I was had family in Grill, so I was already familiar with it. But I already knew what kind of dog fight we was going to have just on paper with y'all team versus ours. And like you said, y'all end up winning that game, man. But I remember it like it was yesterday, man. I definitely enjoyed that game at Grizzly Stadium. That's when I really got to meet everybody. And before you know it, I was a great high yellow jacket. <laughs> hey, and it's crazy how it went down because, like, because if I'm not mistaken, you went to Northwood, right? Middle uh, school? No, severe middle, severe middle. Severe. Okay, so you went to severe. And I remember because you – um. You graduated a year before I did, and I remember yep. you. Uh, everybody was like, "Yo, Sergio coming to Greer," and I'm like, "And I was on the JV squad at the time." You know what I'm saying? In the eighth grade, and they're like, "Yeah, man, Sergio coming to Greer," and I was like, "I remember that name." I was like, "I played against him when we were little," and then you came, right. and it was like this huge big deal of you coming. And then, like, once you got there, I realized why you did well, why it was such a big deal. But like, what made you make that decision to come to Greer? Oh, well, you know, outside of football, you know, family-wise, majority of my family was in Greer. I went to a lot of Greer High games at Black and Gold. That's something I really love. But truthfully, man, uh, I was supposed to be a Wayhampton general. And then after that, I ended up uh, moving to Lawrence because I was going to be a Lawrence Raider before high school hit and everything. And I was a JV quarterback, but... You know, something just didn't sit right being all the way in Lawrence and everything and having to talk with my mom and just trying to get the decision that uh, really get her approval to go back to Greer and live with my family, my grandmother then, and go to Greer High. So after conversations with that and everything, she allowed me to go ahead and we made that transition man, right before football happened. So that's when I came into Greer my freshman year and went on and started with the C-team playing football and the rest is just history. So I was just more excited that she allowed me to do it. And it was more so like, you make the most of this opportunity or you coming back? And I was like, nah, I ain't going back. <laughs> <laughs> so I made the most of it, man. And that's the rest is history. Them four years at Grill High, you know, them were some memorable moments. And I enjoyed every bit of it from the start to the end. Man, I am so glad you did. And, like, for the people that don't know, like, we got – Two nicknames that I can remember. I remember they called us the Twin Towers, and then mm -hmm. I remember them calling us um, Thunder and Lightning. We got the Thunder and Lightning for basketball. basketball we got the Twin yeah. Towers, yeah, and yeah. we got the Twin Towers for football because, like back then, there was other where well, you and Courtney kind of started it. You know what I'm saying? Having you know six three, six four corners, like that was right. like unheard of in college, college in high school football. And so me Correct. being six two, you being like six three, it was just like our defensive backfield was like something serious, man. So I am, I am so glad that you came because it was, it was just, it was a relief for me, you know, having somebody like on, on the team that's as skilled right. and as special as you were. But like, man, yeah. I remember like now I, I got to tell this one story though. So like it was your senior, yeah. Yeah. Senior year. You, that was the year you led the state in interceptions, right? Uh, my junior year, my junior year, your sophomore. Yep, yeah, yep. that's right, that's right. So, people, everybody got to understand, they gave you one of my interceptions. Sorry. They, yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you were number nine and I was number eight, 
And on film, we kind of did look similar on film. And then they're giving right. you one of my interceptions. But, but like, man, we we weren't able to, you know, win the state championship as far as football. But, like, what was some of your, like, memorable moments, man, um, under under those bright lights Friday nights at Gray High School, man? Like, what was your most memorable game? Most memorable game? Uh, I would always, even though we didn't win, but – I was I was excited about the Burns game at home having two interceptions, but every Friday night game the girl high just coming down to them fans, man, was pretty much my most memorable moment because as teammates, I already know how we practice and what was expected when it was game day. It's just the fact of who was gonna play against and if it was gonna be a dog fight. But I always felt and had the impression that we go show up. And we're going to do our best show out, try to get it up. You know, not most teams, you know, was fortunate like us to have, you know, what you want to call a winning season of program, even though we didn't finish what we wanted to do by getting the championship. But I always expected us as a group, the way we pushed each other, the way we competed, the way we practiced, the way we played, that football was going to take care of itself. But just the fact of seeing our fans on the sideline, on the fence, on the hill, it's the community just being there. Like, you know, everybody was going to be at the high school game Friday night. You know, so I was really excited about that. And like I said, the Burns game, you know, um, the interceptions came about because, you know, them was a big-time rivals, and I definitely just wanted to feel like I uh, held my own by doing what I needed, even though if we lost or not, you always feel like what, if, what, what I could have done or what I didn't do to help the team win. You know, but that's one thing that just stuck out to me. You know, uh, I want to say that was my junior year uh, that that happened when I was able to get those two picks. But other than that, man, it's just the camaraderie being around the guys on Friday night because I felt like I learned that early, man. Just it ain't no replays of Friday night football, and I just want to make the most of it each Friday. Man, you man, you ain't kidding, man. I always tell people like, especially like when I was like up in like West Virginia and stuff, and I'd be like. Cause I went to a school where man, they was trash, man. Like like our football team was so bad when I went to um, when I went to West Virginia. But like I was telling people, like, dude, now yours might be Fairmont um, State. I remember, yes sir, Fairmont State, man, yes sir, yeah. And like man, but I tell people like man, my high school. I said I was on varsity all four years. I said man, we was forty nine and nine, so we got mm -hmm. winning tradition. You know what I'm saying? But I always right. tell people that two thousand and two team. Talent-wise, I always tell people that was our most talented team. I was like, we won state in 2003, but I said our most talented team was 2002. And now I've never admitted this before on the podcast, so this is going to be something new. I feel okay. partially, I feel partially responsible for you not getting the ring. And I said it because, like, two of my worst games came in your senior year in 2002. It was the regular season. Greenville game, which we had, we ended up winning the game, but I I just played terrible that game. And then the upper state championship game against Union, like I like it was just it was just one of those times where it was just like, you know, I remember Coach Smith talking to me on the sideline, and he's like, son, like, well, number one, I can't take you out. He was like, <laughs> he was like, there's nobody to replace you. He was like, you the best right. we got, but. It was like my coverages was there. I just kept missing the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure you, 
you know, you've been through one of those games where it's just like the, right. the coverage is there, but you just keep missing the ball. And right. I've always felt kind of guilty. But even though we had turmoil that year, I mean, we had a fight right. on the sideline during a game that we lost. Like, it right. was, you know what I'm saying? We, like, yeah, and then we had a lot of ego stuff going on, going on that year, too, of your senior year. Correct, correct. So, right, but at the yeah. end of the day, that was just the competitiveness in our score and our team and everything. And that Greenville game, everybody have bad games, and like you said, you felt like it was one of your bad ones, but we still won, so that could flush it out. And then that union, you gotta. I look at it as we were playing some people also. So it's just the fact that you knowing what you're capable of, of just not being able to make the play, but. We all had them games because I think it's a couple of games that I felt like I could have did better on or helped out more so for us to get wins. Or even if we did win, I still could have did my best, you know. But I will not forget, you came through in the clutch for us in that Clover game in the playoffs with the game when the interception on fourth down. Now, if you go tell the podcast the bad stuff, tell them the good stuff. <laughs> we wouldn't have made it that next round had you not got the interception at the end. Big time. This I know you true. remember that game at Clover. Oh, come on. That's the first time I got interviewed, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I you remember that. that. <laughs> I got you. But, yeah, so I wouldn't have, we, we wouldn't have been able to make it to that next round had you not got that interception. But I definitely understand where you're coming from. With, you know, I also took it upon myself to where I understand people going to have bad games. You got me? And that's one thing that I try to strive in stick wick and everything like that man but yeah them some memories you got me going down right now that i'm gonna have to watch our highlight tape again when i'm done that no you want to talk about memories dude so we've just been talking football so for number one we had uh we played c-team basketball together and that year we won peach blossom and that's where right. we got the thunder and lightning name from we just like dominated teams what people don't realize right. i know you remember this you remember like the first like let me see. We would practice for like two hours, and we would run for like the first hour and a half, and then we would only run scrimmage for like thirty minutes. <laughs> like, right? Like that's all we did, man. With coach, uh, the coach officer Reed. Officer Reed. Yep. Yeah. Had us disciplined out there running. We were crazy. Oh, we, we were definitely crazy. We had a crazy squad, but like then, so let me ask you this: so. You were on board, like, and I tell people because it's, it's hilarious, dude. It is so funny. So, I give, I mean, it's not a criticism against Coach Neely. It just, I understand why he did what he did. But you were, because I tell people, his, like, my freshman year, I was on the JV squad, and you was on varsity. And you was the only sophomore on the team. Uh, Marcus Mayfield was the only junior, and everybody else was seniors. Right. And I, I was like, year, yep. And I was like, that next year, I was like, everybody was brand new to varsity except you and Mayfield. And like, we won like four right. games. <laughs> yeah, like, we I can't even remember that record. Everybody. That's how I know it was. Yeah, right, dude. We was we was terrible, but it was but we had so much fun though. I remember, man, you being on the back of the bus, man. We used to take those road trips, man. We man, Coach Neely used to be so mad because we would get beat by like thirty, and we would get on the bus and just. Trip out, still on the have bus, a good man. time. Yeah, with the assistant coach, his son, everybody, man. But at the same time, just look at it, it's still fun in the game, even though I understand we had just lost. But I was also under, under uh, I also understood that the fact it was a young squad. It was just me, Mayfield, too. That was with all these varsity guys, 
as seniors. And then when they left, we were the next ones up. So that kind of just helped me understand my role as in, you know, trying to be a team player, but yet be a leader and everything. So I kind of understood it and everything. And whether I played a role in it or not, that's just like when going to college at Clemson and leaving and they winning these national championships, you just have foundations for the guys before you and after you. So in football, y'all boys won state. In basketball, y'all boys won state. But I got the experience in playing with y'all before I got out of high school to understand what y'all boys are capable of. So that was one thing that, you know, I was just proud to see that you all made it. And I made sure I made it to the state championship and the state basketball game to support y'all boys, whether I was there or not. Once a jacket, always a jacket. Oh, yeah. Now, I missed the basketball. I missed that by a year like okay. you missed football by a year. But, um, okay, got so you, let's okay, get got Yeah, so, uh, so let's get into the recruitment process, man. Uh, like, you know, I've had Sinclair. Sinclair has been on the podcast a couple of times. You know what I'm saying? He's pretty uh-huh. much like a part of the show. But, you know, he was able to talk about his recruitment process, and he talked about how you were able to help him get scholarships, offers, and stuff like that, the clips in, and all that type of stuff because you brought – you were like the first person in our generation to bring Division One, you know what I'm saying, eyes to us. Like, you know what I'm saying? And when I say us, okay, I mean gotcha. us. Like, you know, I had, you know, uh, Wake Forest. You know, I used to get a couple of coaches letters for them and Vanderbilt uh-huh. and, like, North Carolina State and stuff like that. But, like, none of that stuff was possible without you. So how did your recruitment process happen and how did you – choose Clemson out of all the places that was recruiting you? Oh, well, man, it, it really started early, you know, that uh, rest in peace to Coach Perry, you know, he just brought me in yes, the sir. office and said, you know, uh, it's a possibility that, you know, a lot of college teams going to be starting to look at me, just continue doing what I'm doing and everything else going to take care of itself my sophomore year. So I just pretty much started receiving letters like anybody else would, but it didn't really never hit me until my junior year. To where they were just actually, you know, reaching out, wanting to invite the camps and come to check out the universities. And that's when I, you know, they hit home to a little more seriousness. Like, if you want to do more, you know, you got to continue doing what you're doing. And I enjoyed looking at the places that I was going to visit. So that kind of just got me going with that. And with my decision going to Clemson, man, it's, it's a lot weighed in. You know, the community back home, the community in Clemson, the coming down the hill from walking the stands are high, the similarities with that, being close to home, understanding family and friends who may not drive and fly, they able to come visit, you know, stuff like that. So that weighed a lot in my decision. And, you know, if I had to redo it again, I pretty much picked the same program. You know, I really enjoyed it. The only reason I would pick somewhere else is to get a different experience. But I really enjoyed where uh, when I made the decision to go to Clemson, I really enjoyed it. I like how they treated me. It went well, you know, for my four years there. could have always been different. Only thing I would have changed that I wish I could have played a little more offense because I felt like not too many people know about the offensive side. But uh, mm-hmm. other than that, man, the recruiting was great. That case kept in touch with me, made me feel like a family atmosphere and everything every time I came to Clemson. Not just there are other places, but it just set a little more at home, I guess, because I was actually in the state of South Carolina. I, I feel you, man. And, like, and I'm going to let everybody know, man, like you were like you was never – like you never changed. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, even going D1, like, you know what I'm saying? You you always gave me tickets to games. You know what I'm saying? You used to always invite me mm-hmm. up to Clemson. We used to hang out. You know what I'm saying? I used to be around the campus all the time. You know what I'm saying? You used to give me Clemson gear. Yes, people. The Florida State man used to wear Clemson gear, but I tell people all the time, I rooted for Clemson. I rooted for Clemson for four years. I said, because my guy was there. I said, but when they played Florida State, he already knew. Like, he already right. knew. Like, no, you my guy. I want you to have a great game, but you know I want them knows to win. And I want everybody to know. know. Yes. I don't care if you're yeah. alumni here, this, man. Sergio was a Florida State fan, Okay. Yeah, I was trying to let people know that. That's the reason I wore number nine because of Peter Warwick. I grew up a Florida State fan, but I became smarter. And then in Clemson, my <laughs> most memorable moment, my most memorable moment in Clemson is when we beat Florida State at home. I was so happy to get that win to beat the program that, you know, I always just like because of the fact of Peter Warwick. That's why I wore nine. But, yes, he is not lying. I was a Seminole, but then I grew up. <laughs> and I <laughs> definitely man definitely so yeah that's just that's also man that's just something I try to strive to do and stay consistent to this day you know uh, family and friends if I'm doing arena ball now but I'm coaching but if I'm somewhere near the area just pull up I got the ticket so I try to get you tickets try to get you gear and that's just something I always try to strive to do since leaving Greer High to why I chose Clemson and not just you, other people I was able to do that. To now you see arena football, I got experience there in coaching. So I'm still offering tickets for people to just come up and see because I still want them to just see not just the world, but yet a different style of football. But yet I'm still able to do it so the next person can do it. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Like you always like you always been that giving guy, man. Like even when I was in West Virginia. You know what I'm saying? You called me up like, yo, we got Virginia Tech on the schedule. You know what I'm saying? I got two tickets. If you're trying to go to the game, you end up giving me two tickets. I drove down to Batesburg and or well, Blacksburg mm-hmm. and went to went to a Clemson game in, in um at Virginia Tech. So, you know what I'm saying? Always extremely grateful for that. So man, like you said, you uh you spent for it. You for man, no problem, man. I always there to support, man. And um so you spent your four years there. Now before, before, before that though, now there there was a situation where like people think that I just hate Clemson because of what happened after Florida State beat them five years in a row. I had to throw that in there and like how they've okay. been on a run. But what really, what really now, now you didn't give me this information. Now this was just information that I was just looking at from afar and I made my own assumption. So you uh-huh. were a starter your senior year, you know what I'm saying, and it got like midway through the season and y'all played Duke. And I don't know what yeah. happened that day. Like everybody was off sync. I don't know what it was. But like right. the defense ended up giving up, I don't know, three hundred yards, four hundred yards passing or whatever. Right. And what, one, one of my, Yeah, one of my one of my beats with Clemson was what they did to you because out of all the people, they chose you to take out the starting lineup. And they started like this freshman guy. I can't remember who the guy was, but you ain't got to say his name. But I was just like, I, I I didn't like how they did that, and like uh-huh. that was that was one of the things that I know I know it's right. like that's the way college football goes. But you know what I'm saying. But I didn't know nobody else, you know, personally that went to a Division One school. So that's that's part of the reason why I've always had like this little 
this little thing with Clemson, man, because I, did, I didn't like how they took you out the starting lineup that year of your senior year. So, you know what I'm saying? So, now we get into where, you know, you get into the uh, this NFL process, you know what I'm saying? Um, you ended up going uh, undrafted, but you ended up getting um, invited to uh, OTAs with the Minnesota Vikings. So, what was that experience like going around, uh, going up to uh, Minnesota and being in the facilities, uh, well, actually NFL facility, like, like how did that go? Oh, man, that went great, to be honest. You know, I was just uh, glad that I got the experience that, uh, got that experience to be in Minnesota, and I was glad to, you know, actually see what it was like because not everybody get the chance to even just get in that door and do that. So I tried to make most of it and everything, but I was also understanding the how to roll or how the football went, especially being an undrafted free agent, man. So it was difficult because uh, everybody out there is great. You got me? That's just the NFL. Everybody play against, everybody you talk to, everybody got some kind of story to where they, where you got to be on your P's and Q's. But just to be able to experience that for that time being and meeting guys from other programs and everything, I tried to make most of it. I enjoyed it. Built some bonds with guys to this day to just still be able to communicate with and everything and just follow their path for what they got going on. So I really just enjoyed it, man, and just see a different side of the world because, you know, I always thought this once I found out about it. NFL, not for long. You got me? Because it's really the next man up. There's so many people that's just capable of starting the very next game or right on your tail with performance and being competitive and everything. So I was just glad to be able to, you know, pretty much experience it and see what it's like and understanding and uh, build some great bonds with folks and everything like that. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, Sidney Rice was with the Vikings at that time too, right? Yes, and that was good. And that was good to just – Speak with him at times of when I did because, of course, he offense and I was defense. But, you know, having a guy that's from South Carolina as well, yet alone Gaffney that you played against in basketball, never football. But it was going so hard with playing against him in basketball and on football field. But, you know, of course, I Oh, you're starting to lose service, but – but I was able to uh to play against Sitting Rice on the football field. It was only a, it was only a scrimmage like Everything we played. Like that. But yeah, that was great to uh, have him up there as well. Oh well, you going you going in and out. But uh, but like I was saying, like I was I was able to. Can you can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. I can. Um, but like, yeah, I was I was able to play on. Um, we had a scrimmage against Gaffney um, my senior year, and uh, I was able to play him on the football field. You know what I'm saying? When he was receiver and I was defensive back, so I was able to play him one time. Man, it was uh, it was like a little two quarter joint. But uh, that dude, that dude was uh, he was a good athlete, man. He was a really good athlete. 
So, uh, like you said, you weren't you weren't able to uh, make the team, and then you was able to take the route of playing arena football, and so that's when you ended up going to Spokane, Washington, and playing up there. So, what was that process like? Of uh, of actually, what was your mind state of switching to arena football, and what made you choose Spokane? Uh, arena football was something that I didn't know anything about, man. I was pretty much like, I'd rather do outdoor football. Uh, but once uh, I got that phone call about it and I had the player personnel and head coach give me a call and say, we want you to come play in Spokane arena football. I didn't know what Spokane was at. I didn't know what I was getting into. But it was the fact that I love football. And if I got a chance to play it, why not? So I just pretty much packed up, man, and just moved from South Carolina to Spokane, uh, Washington, Washington State out west and made the most of it. And, you know, them first two years was successful for myself and for my team to where we was able to go to two championships, lose one, win one. And I, I was able to win rookie of the year that first year. And then really after them first two years of arena football, I kind of felt like this is something I could continue doing. So. As long as they want you, why not keep playing? So I just continue to keep playing, even though it moved me around, meeting folks and everything and great people on and off the field and just experiencing that style of football that I once said I would never play, but I took the most out of it to where it led me to where now I'm coaching it. So I really enjoyed it, man, and able to go to all the states that I went through, even being able to go overseas to China to play it and teach that game. So arena football really opened up doors for me, and I'm pretty sure it done for some other guys that just love the game of football and want to continue play. Yeah, and don't and don't sell yourself short, man. Like, but you did say you won rookie of the year, but people also got to know Sergio had a bobblehead, and you was you, <laughs> know <what I'm> <laughs> you was cool enough to send me a bobblehead, man. And, and I hate to admit this, but I got to admit this to you. You know, I went through, you know, what I'm saying a breakup, a divorce, and everything. But when I left the house, man, I, I wasn't able to get the bobblehead, man. I forgot that it was up in the attic, so I don't have the bobblehead anymore. But um, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but, but you did, you know what I'm saying, was uh, cool enough, man, to send me a bobblehead. So so how many years did you end up playing arena before you uh, put the pads up? Uh, eight years. I started in 2008, 2016 was my last year playing, and I started coaching arena in 17 and this is my fourth year. So I coached 17, 18, and 19. And, of course, uh, you know, 2020 with COVID, you know, no football took its place. But this is pretty much my fourth year coaching it right now. So uh, I really enjoyed it, and it's been going good. All right. So you are – so you just got a defensive coordinator job. Um, you know what I'm saying? I've seen it via, via uh, Facebook, and I was just like, man, this, this dude, man – like you, you deserve everything that you're getting. Like you've always been, you know what I'm saying? The proud of Greer. You always, you know what I'm saying? Shot at Greer out. And, you know, like even to the book, because people don't know, like, dude, you used to uh, commute to school. You know what I'm saying? You had right. what, like a 45 minute drive before you got to school? Yeah, man. Yeah, that was back in my days when I was able to start driving. I was coming from Lawrence all the way to Grill at one point if I just didn't say Grill at my grandmother's house where I was at and everything. So as I got older, I just made it a true commute, you know, and that's also was credit to my mom just wanting me be in the house and be around her and be with her with all the 
success that was taking place and knowing that I may have to take off and go to college soon. So I kind of felt like that was pretty much, you know, what uh, the reasons for that being, you know, uh, still being in the grill and staying with my grandmother and everything. So I felt like, yeah, that was the big thing that I was doing and kind of helped me grow a little bit with time management and decisions because picking up from work, football practice, coming back. So when I got to college, it kind of helped out a little bit with going to class, getting here, getting there, getting back and everything. But, yeah, it was a good four-time minute commute just about every morning. Whew, man. But uh, but <laughs> I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to go down memory lane again, but, like, yeah. So what what are what are the differences of being on the sideline and actually being a defensive coordinator than actually like being on the field? Um big difference is understanding coaches coach players play. If I can get out there and do it for you, I can, but really I can't. But each player <laughs> is just different, man. And and I know my time over with, but I pretty much just enjoy the fact that I can be able to lead a group of guys whether it's defense or whether as a team, I can, you know, share my experience. It's something that I always wanted to do, tell them about the game and also teach them about, you know, life off the field. Granted, I'm still learning some things, but when it comes to, you know, just being able to play arena ball for eight years, coming from Greer, Clemson, just the community, you know, I always try to strive by, like I said, uh, one key thing, do right by life, do right by you. So, yeah, to do right by you. So, man. I really enjoy it, man, and just understanding that I got to put my guys in position to win. And that's my main objective because I want them to win on and off the field. But it's a totally different feeling. But at the same time, it feel, it's like a great a great accomplishment, more so than playing because you actually seeing these guys, you know, do stuff that you know they're capable of doing, but yet you're able to lead them and everything. So I really enjoy the coaching, and that's the big thing that I get out of it. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. But you know what I'm saying? But I know you got other obligations. I ain't going to hold you too long. But also, man, like what is – because I haven't been able to, to talk to you about this, but what is it like uh, – I know she's older now, but what is it like, man, being a father, man? Like, uh, you know, we haven't been oh, able man. to actually speak about that. Oh, man, being a father, you got to break it down. Being a girl dad, that's what yeah. it is. <laughs> being a girl <laughs> dad. But, man, it's a blessing, man. I enjoy it. She got me wrapped around her fingers, you know. I I know with coaching, that's the toughest thing, not being able to be around. So I try to pretty much keep in touch by talking with her and letting her know I'll be back. But that's also a reason that I relocated to Arizona to be close to my baby girl. And for me, you know, I just got a blessed, smart, beautiful young girl that just like to have fun. And believe it or not, I see myself in her sometimes. So I can't <laughs> help but laugh sometimes. But how she feels, but... You know, I just want to teach it the way things go. Let her know I'm here for it. You know, just show her love all the time, which is go always, daddy go always be there, man. But I definitely enjoy it. You know, this was my first and right now my only, maybe my only. I ain't trying to leave no hints and signs out there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I definitely done enjoyed it, and it's been going great right now. That's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. You know, I know, man, listen, man, my boy's, Man, my oldest is going to be 14 this year, man. So Right. I can only man. imagine. I don't man. even want to know what 14 like for a girl dad right now. People keep telling me, Ooh. especially uh, family members or friends that's female, oh, you in trouble. Tell me what trouble am I in. Y'all don't want to tell me that. What trouble am I in? But 
I kind of get it, man, just having the blessing and having her and everything, but I enjoy it. I know your boys, just seeing them, the 14 right now, they just let me know time flies. So, you know, I just don't want to miss a moment of what I got going up for myself as a father with Violet compared to, you know, what you got with the boys and how quick it goes to where they 14 now. That's only telling me that we getting older. Oh yeah, oh man, look, I can feel it in my body. I know I'm older. I ain't even going. I ain't even going front. But yeah, man. Right. But like I was telling, I was texting you the other day, man. I I had ran into your mom at church, man. It was it was uh it was great to see it. everybody. Don't know, like man, that one. That's a re you got a resilient mom, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I appreciate like, you, it, man. That's the number one spot you go find at that church. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, man. Like uh, she's a resilient. She's a resilient woman, man. Like you know, you know everything behind the scenes and like for all the things right. for her to go through and for her to still be standing right. strong, man. You know what I'm saying? That's uh, that's that is a great thing to see. But uh, right, man, but I that's know where you, I get most of my stuff from, man, from her. You know, and I try to strive because you know I'm a product. Uh, not just my father, but especially her and the way she go about things and my family, you know, last name and how you carry it. But big kudos go up to the man upstairs and to my mom. Definitely. Definitely, man. Definitely, man. But I know you got this dinner to get to at six, man. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to tell you, man, like, I, I truly appreciate you coming on. Like, I, I, I would have had you on earlier, man, but I, I've, I've been in this mode of where I've always been. Like, because when I first started the podcast, I used to reach out to people and people used to either stand me up or, you know, or yeah. it would be a situation where it, it was always something. And so yeah. I just got to a point where I was just like, man, you know what? I'm not going to ask for guests. But well, uh, unfortunately, um, I haven't really spoken exactly what it was. But, you know, what I'm saying my co-host of this podcast, the Stolen Time podcast, you know, he's been going through some health problems. So he hasn't been able to be on a podcast for the last couple of months. And so uh, I've been reaching out to people and, and people have been, you know, what I'm saying, been helping me out, all that type stuff. And so I just I got to a point where I was just really, you know, afraid to ask people, man. And that's why right. you haven't been on here sooner. I just been like, oh, man, Sergio probably too busy. But oh, man, you I, good, man. At the end of the day, it's all about the time. You got me it worked out. You hit me up like last week. We made it work. It's all about the timing, but one thing about, uh, you know, thinking what people go say or not, the worst thing they can give you is a no. Oh, yeah, for sure, man, for yeah. sure, because, like, yeah, and, and, and I realize that, man, and I, I truly, I truly appreciate you coming on. Um, you always been a real one. Um, it's just uh, one of these opportunities of what I want to call it. I don't want to call it a lifetime. I mean, it's not like I don't know you <laughs> <Got> at all. <laughs> you. Right, I got you, but I understand where you're coming from, man. I'm more honored that you asked me to be on, you know, because I never, I always watch from a distance, but whenever the time comes, you going to let me know, and whenever you're ready, I'm going to be ready. You know, it's just the timing of it, so I'm just glad that you had me on, whether I'm a Tiger and you a Seminole fan. I don't care. <laughs> we both had on yellow jacket gear. <laughs> yes, sir. But you know, I go through the same thing with Jamar. You know what I'm saying? Right. We we've been we've been working together for a while. So, but man, right. I appreciate I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, uh, spending you know giving me a little bit of, uh, of your time because you are a busy man with all the obligations that you have. Man, I'm I am sincerely proud of you. You know what I'm saying? Everything appreciate that you it, have accomplished. The way you know what I'm saying, not only accomplishing the way you accomplish it, but also you know what I'm saying, always putting grill on the map, you know what I'm saying? Because like 
like like I said earlier in the podcast, if it wasn't for you, like, you know, guys like either me and like Devin and Sinclair, like like a lot of us wouldn't have got those looks if it wasn't for you. You know what I'm saying? Being that first, you know what I'm saying, that first player, that that foundation player to start everything, man. But uh well, but you always been it, a man. real I appreciate it. Sorry to interrupt, appreciate it, and I appreciate you. Because we all got our own stories and everything, and I always knew you always grinding, hustling, figured it out on your own, what you wanted to do and how you want to go about things, man. So the way you make it seem, I look up to you, too, for what you dealt with. Because just with sports, man, it was sports 24-7 for me, but yet I understood because my mother, outside world, but then I look at friends that you grew up with, what they dealing with and go through. You know, not just you others. You know, I look up to that and just like, if I was doing this or had to do this, how would I deal with it? So, man, kudos to me, you saying, but kudos to you, man. Got the podcast going, everything. And uh, so I just want to let you know, proud of you is just as well, man. Definitely. If ain't nobody ever told you, I'm telling you that now. But, man, yeah, keep grinding, man. Yeah, yes, sir, man. No problem. Yes, sir. I will keep yes. it going. And uh, thanks a lot, Sergio, man. Like I say, anytime, if there's any other stuff you ever wanted to get off your chest, man, you can just text me. I always got the time for you, you know, anytime. Or if you got any special events that you want to promote, I got something coming up. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to end this podcast, but don't hang up because it's something that I want to tell you about. Okay. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I truly appreciate you coming on with me. And like I said, this is a double feature. This is going to be on. Uh, this is going to be episode forty-five of the twenty-eight minutes or less, and episode two hundred and twelve on the Stolen Time podcast. I appreciate everybody that listens and support this podcast. And your boy is out. <laughs>